0: This is the John Oakley Show podcast. With the coronavirus scare, we know now a lot of people have decided March break coming up, they may not travel after all, uh, canceling their plans or rearranging them. And then when people do travel from hotspots back to this country, it sets up its own set of circumstances that need to be addressed. To wit, uh, I got an email from a woman who says she works at a government-owned long-term care facility. She says a dietary worker returned from Wuhan province on a Sunday. She came to work on Tuesday. And staff who work on the floor that she was working on knew that she had just returned from the epicenter of the COVID-19 outbreak. Management was made aware, and because this worker did not want to self-isolate and she wanted to continue to work, it was taken to the highest level of administration. Also, the public health were consulted. The conclusion they reached was that it was this worker's constitutional right to refuse to stay home and self-isolate. The staff were very upset because they had to work with this individual and the elderly residents were exposed to her as she handled the food, etc. We really couldn't believe it, that she could expose all of these people to possible infection from this dangerous virus and we had no rights to be kept protected. I was gobsmacked by this. Don't know the entirety of it, but uh, I was curious enough to say, let's find out from an expert in the field. Leor Samfuru is the employment lawyer with Samfuru Tamarkin LLP, and he's joined the Oakley Show at Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Leor, good afternoon.
1: Good afternoon, John.
0: What do you make of that email? I mean, these employees—they uh, were taken aback that the person could say uh, they wanted to come back to work rather than being self-isolated.
1: This is truly a a very sensitive issue for employers, a potentially problematic issue for employers, because on the one hand, you have your employees and their safety uh, you have to consider. On the other hand, you have the rights of the other employee, including their rights under the Human Rights Code, uh, including their rights under the Employment Standards Act. So let's try to break this down a bit. Uh, Right now, uh, what our, our laws are is that an employer has to follow the guidance from public health officials and the latest guidance is that as an employer you can't force some sort of an intervention on an employee unless they exhibit symptoms and they just came back from uh, from Wuhan so you need both of those things and if you have an employee that I guess only meets the one criteria, in this case, uh, she came back from Wuhan, an employer cannot order this employee not to work or to, to quarantine herself and, and exclude herself from the workplace. And if an employer decides to do that anyway, it runs the risk of a human rights violation. You're potentially discriminating against someone because of a perceived medical condition or maybe because of where they are, if, you know, if they are Asian, et cetera. That is a, a, a problem. Now, if we look at it from the employee's standpoint, those employees who feel unsafe, they have a right to refuse work. Under the Occupational Health and Safety Act, employees that feel that they've been put in a position where they are at risk or in danger, they can refuse unsafe work. Now what happens in that situation is the Ministry of Labor can be called in to essentially be judge and jury with respect to whether or not that refusal is uh, appropriate now we don't know what would happen in this situation but we can go back to two thousand and three where SARS was prevalent and back then in those situations the ministry of labor for the most part found that no it is inappropriate to refuse work uh, unless again someone is actively exhibiting those symptoms and you actually know that you're at risk so taking all that and concluding i think that an employer that finds themselves in that situation Cannot force an employee just because of where they came from on their vacation or what have you uh, to to not to work. And the employees are really in a situation where they have to continue working or they may face disciplinary action.
0: Again, with Leor Samfiru, employment lawyer with Samfiru to Mark and LLP. Uh, It's interesting. I mean, it. Just to recap, when you say that, you know, uh, folks can, in the workplace, refuse work in a dangerous environment, that's the labor law. Uh, We see that when it gets too hot in the summertime, for example, they can refuse work. Uh, But in this particular instance, let's say the employees who did not want to work with this returnee from Iran, South Korea, Wuhan province, or whatever, if they were to contract the disease, would they have legal grounds for a suit?
1: So if the employer was negligent, if the employer really should have known better because the, the person was exhibiting symptoms and they still said, well, it's probably not uh, the coronavirus coming to work, then there may be grounds for a suit. Except here's another wrinkle to this uh, situation is in if you can show that, that because of your work environment, you are now ill, that could potentially be a workers' comp issue or a WSIB issue. And WSIB may provide coverage. And if it is a WSIB issue, then you actually cannot sue your employer. Uh, That's why there's that insurance scheme protecting the employers and preventing someone from suing them. But, again, for workplaces that may not be covered by WSIB in the province, Those workplaces, if they are negligent, if they do expose recklessly employees to the virus, yes, they certainly may be liable for damages and and for a suit. Uh, And the other thing that could happen is if you get sick in the workplace and your employer was negligent, the Ministry of Labor may prosecute you for putting your employees in that dangerous situation. So employers certainly have to be diligent.
0: Well, it's interesting because when you say if employers are negligent, but in this case, there's also the gray area because apparently this uh, virus, it incubates for 14 days, potentially up to 17, and while somebody may not be showing symptoms, but they have just returned from the Lombardy region of northern Italy where this thing is now spiraling, and uh, as well as Iran or Wuhan, as we keep uh, alluding to, maybe the employer uh, thought that the individual... uh, you know, because they've returned, would pose a risk and just wants them out of the workplace. Being overly precautious, uh, cautious rather, as a preemptive way, that's not good enough?
1: Well, an employer may have to make a judgment call and say, on the one hand, we have the risk to employees and and the risk of affecting others. I mean, potentially customers and clients who may not be very happy if they attend their workplace and get sick. On the other hand, we have the rights of the employee and they may decide to err on the side of protecting the the, the greater amount of people than protecting the employee thereby you know if you're excluding someone from the workplace because of a concern even though that concern may not meet the criteria at this point specified by public health officials, you may find yourself in a situation where that employee may file some sort of a wrongful dismissal or a constructive dismissal suit, maybe even a human rights violation. The reality is the chances are fairly small that that happens. So in having to make a tough decision one way or the other, it may be a case that employers choose to protect the employees, choose to avoid any potential risk. And if there is pushback from the one employee, they may have to just deal with that.
0: Well, in this case, uh, as was cited by my correspondent, the public health were consulted, and the conclusion they reached was that it was this worker's constitutional right to refuse to stay home and self-isolate. Does that sort of let the employer off the hook because public health were consulted, the ultimate authority?
1: It really does. If an employer can show that they followed the guidance from public health officials, then they could never really have any sort of liability to employees. They can never be subject to a suit because they did not make a decision that turned out to be wrong. They followed the advice of others, knowledgeable. Again, potentially the public health officials, if they're wrong, could be subject to some sort of a negligence claim. But that would protect employers absolutely if they follow the guidance, the advice of public health officials.
0: And so public health trumps labor law.
1: In this situation, because there's so much gray area and employers have to make a a, a judgment call, following the advice of public health uh, officials will trump anything else and will provide that, that layer of protection to employers.
0: It's almost an Emergency Measures Act kind of thing. Is that right?
1: it really is and in some situations uh there could be other legislation that, that that will apply and by the way individuals that are sick could apply for EI uh so that's something that's available to them so it's not like we're just throwing them out without any compensation even those individuals that are quarantined may, but are not sick, may potentially qualify for employment insurance. So it may be the best thing for an employer or for an employee that's, that's suspecting that he or she may be infected to take advantage of that and, and apply for EI and, and protect themselves and protect others. But if an employee is inclined to work and there's no good reason to believe, that they are contagious and public health official has been consulted, an employer cannot legally force the issue. Uh, again, there could be repercussions if they do.
0: Interesting case study. Uh, just never would have anticipated something like this would rear its head, but there you go. And uh, the expert on the matter, Leor Samfiru, employment lawyer with Samfiru, Tamarkin. Always appreciate your explanations. Thank you, John. You got it. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast.